Welcome back, boys and girls, to another episode of K-Fabe Comparisons. My name is Mr. Know-It-All, Daniel John Schaefer, and I am joined here once again by the king of the K-Fabe frontside 180 kickflip, Mr. Wex Breaking the Lawson. Wex, how we living today? Living pretty good on this Thursday night, sipping on a little mango margarita, ready to talk no, some gin and juice. I mean, I'm not a big fan of gin if you want to get into it, but I do like Come the song. Come on now. Do like the song. Come on. Not, yeah, I, I mean, I don't really, I don't really fuck with that white liquor that much. I usually fuck with the dark liquor. That's fair. The dark, you know, the tequila's got to be a little dark. I mean, I will have some uh, clear tequila, but it's you not. You have a lot of dark things in your choice. life, there, Rick. What'd you say? What'd you, you say? Lo- you love a lot of dark things in your life, buddy. Hey, the dark side. <laughs> Let's go, man. Let's go. I'm excited about this week's episode. We are beginning uh, – well, actually, in last last week's episode was kind of like a list starting off the Royal Rumble season. Um, but we're kind of continuing our 06 into 07 storyline. I know we'd already um, – we've already also been doing the 02 storylines, and we went back and did uh, No Way Out. We're doing 02's Royal Rumble next week. This week we're doing WWE Royal Rumble 2007 versus GCW The World 2022 um, Wex, you know what? Before we get there, though, we got to get to your new favorite segment, and it is Wexley spills the tea. Give it to him, baby. And the first bit of tea we're going to start off with, obviously, we love to go with the WWE news and the very big news popping off very recently. Right before we recorded this, the WWE Network gets a deal in Indonesia to be on Disney+. Plus weird dude when i first read that too i read it on comicbook.com and it was like a total clickbait thing because it made it sound like it was just going to disney plus and i was like what lost my mind for a second i had to like read yeah. it twice before i know yeah, that's when you, you, you sent me the text and i was like yeah dude but it only in indonesian then we're like oh okay yeah i was like nah, all right well, that well, initial that's reaction that's but i will say this peacock just showed that they lost a whole lot of money this year doing what? their service really? So if they're losing money, that means WWE's probably losing money, and I could possibly see them moving to the Disney Plus in the USA here in the near future if Peacock keeps tanking. Sorry, if Peacock keeps tanking. Can't fucking uh, talk now. Um, I think that Sony and 20th Century Fox are going to be doing – their own, like Fox is going to have their own streaming service at some point, and the rumor has it is that NFL Network is going to be through the Fox service, which is going to be crazy if that happens. Yes. That, I mean, because it's, it's like, honestly, it's like, what else does Fox really have? I mean, I know they already have some NFL games, but it's like, what else do they really have that's like a, you know, an exclusive license? It's like, to me, if you get the NFL Network and you can get Red Zone on a streaming service, bro, like, <laughs> I mean, I would be done with pretty much most other streaming services. You know? Dollar signs in their eyes. Yeah. So hopefully that works out for them, but we'll see. What else we got, man? What else we got? All right, so some other news. Uh, the big news this week on NXT 2.0 wasn't even wrestling, if you saw the news. It was all about boobs. I did not see the boobs. Uh, right. This uh, Some singer named Ali J did a performance, and she came out with uh, Carmelo Hayes and – what's the other dude? Trick Williams? Is that his name? Fuck. Carmelo Hayes and his, his like, sidekick guy. They like came out with her, and all I saw the next day – I didn't watch it live. It was just like all over Twitter were just boobs, boobs, boobs. My goodness. That's the only thing they talked about from the show was the boobs. How I don't even know, what, I don't even know if any wrestling even took place because this is all I saw all over Twitter. Poor, poor NXT. The, 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 the horny wrestling uh, fan base on the internet just could not, could not give it up. They were just going hard with it. Could not contain themselves, huh? 
So I guess uh, going to that same segue of women, which is not a very good transition, but Trish Stratus declared for the Rumble. Another legend joining Mickey James and Lita. So I wish it would have been a real surprise, to be honest. But, you know, WWE, they're trying to get more people to order it. I get it. Yeah. I get it. Yeah. I think so. That's pretty cool. And also in the men's Rumble, Shane O'Mac apparently is going to go. I did not hear that. I'm I'm, I'm hyped to hear that. I mean, come on, dude. Anytime you can hear Here Comes the Money. Have the guy come out and get a payday and take a bump over the top. Why not? Okay, dude, how he, crazy would it be if they put him over too? Oh, that'd be so I could fun. See, I could see them doing that. That's I could totally see them doing that. That's so funny. I hope they do. I really do. I hope they do. I'm being totally genuine. I hope they put him over. Only if he wears the um, Vince McMahon ECW champion gear with the uh, do-rag like Matt Cardona was doing. Because <laughs> that's just fucking hilarious to me. And uh, speaking of more Rumble stuff... I don't know if this was intentional, an accident, or if it's real or not, but BT Sports WWE tweeted out this thing about Okada following the footsteps of AJ Styles and debuting in the Rumble. And I'm not sure if that was like an accident thing or if we may be getting some Kazuchika Okada, Okada maybe as Is a his deal with New Japan or, up because they're not what? they're not putting Okada in the Rumble unless Okada's with him. Nah, I, they I heard Vince said he wanted to do a Forbidden Door type entrance thing, like a one off. Yeah, I don't think it's Okada though. I think I still I I'm I'm more certain than ever that it's Chris Jericho now. Especially with like this end of the inner circle kind of vibe they got going on. It makes perfect sense to me. And I don't honestly I don't see anybody from AEW showing up over there, but hey, you never know. We could see anything happen this Sunday. And another thing, WWE knew some pretty funny stuff. Uh Randy Orton said the only reason him and Riddle get along so well is because he's the only guy who can grow his favorite strain. And he said, no, I'm serious, <laughs> which I think is hilarious, which even if it's a joke or not, that's cool. doesn't matter. Because, uh, I enjoy burning, too. So let, burn one, Randy. Yeah, yeah, totally. Burn, burn one, Randy. Uh, Jack Gallagher, former WWE cruiserweight guy, uh, just signed with bare knuckle boxing. What? Yes. What? Yes, gentleman Jack Gallagher is now signed on with Bare Knuckle Boxing. Guess going by his real name. Jesus, and he's kind of got a beard grown out, looking a little, looking a little rugged. Okay, because apparently Whatever. he did stuff like that before he wrestled too. He did like oh, some well. fighting, boxing type crap. So hey, good for him. Yeah, crazy. So let's transition away from the WWE and the only kind of like indie stuff we got going because we're going to talk about GCW. But the night before that big show, they had the establishment of the Independent Wrestling Hall of Fame. Oh, really? And about four or five people were inducted, but you know the main ones, you know that I'll go over. You know Jerry Lynn, Homicide, and Tracy Smothers. Which, hey, Tennessee, gotta have that yeah. representation in Tennessee there. And Jerry Lynn, hey, he basically lived in Tennessee for a long time. So. Long, long time. Yeah, yeah. Big fan of Jerry Lynn. Yeah, big fan. And Homicide, yeah, uh, I liked him in back in the TNA days. We'll get into his current work here in a little bit, but dude, AW, they've been. They've been on a hot streak. They've been killing it. Last week's uh, Dynamite was great, but this week, Beach Break in the middle of winter in Cleveland, which is still hilarious to me. Hilarious, yeah. Uh, they even had uh, Powerhouse Hobbs and Ricky Starks do an interview at the beach. And yeah. They were, he had like a fur coat and like no shirt. Yeah. And like Tony Schiavone was like, why the hell are we out here? And they're like, dude, we're at the fucking beach. I love that shit. That coat was fucking awesome. Good stuff there, but this whole show (laughs) was amazing. Have you got a chance? I know you haven't got a chance to check out the entire thing, but the opener, dude, dude. what a banger! Jesus, Lord in heaven, how people can shit on Cody Rhodes is it's crazy to me. It's crazy. I don't understand. 
He delivers in the ring every single time. He's a great promo every single time. It's like people just don't like you. It's like you have to hate a baby face. You just have to. You cannot Dude, like a white meat baby face. Not allowed. I hate his like overly American bullshit, his character. But this match, he leaned into the, some heelish stuff a little bit, and I liked it. He leaned yeah, into it a little bit in him, though, you know, yeah. which is I mean, I don't know. Past couple weeks, I like what Cody's doing. He's like, I'm not babyface or a heel. I'm just gonna fucking do what I'm gonna do, and get over or not. And you can boo me or cheer me, but I'm gonna go out there and fucking kill it. And that is, that is exactly what him and Sammy Guevara did. Some shit I've never seen before went down last night. Just insane spots like that stalling vertical suplex off the ladder. Like the balance and precision it takes to just oh, dude. hold him on that ladder like that and not just slip and fall, dude. Insane. I just well done. He even Very said well done. in an interview. Like a little promo post show, he's actually still really doesn't have a contract, and he's working on a handshake deal right now. Not even also, on payroll. I will say that the GCW uh, GCW referees could definitely learn from AEW. And I don't know if you noticed this, but after the end of that stalling suplex, you could clearly see a referee with his entire body holding on to the bottom of the ladder. So, oh you know. yeah, they fuck my boy. We'll up. get there. We'll, 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 we'll get, get there. into that. Uh, man. <laughs> great, it was a great show. Uh, they announced Hangman Page versus. Uh, Lance Archer in a Texas death match in two weeks. They could have made it in three weeks, so it could be on my birthday, but you know, in Nashville, but they made it in two weeks. So it is what it is. It's going to be in Texas, obviously. I mean, you don't want to have a right. Texas death match in Tennessee. That would I mean, work. It's going to be a good show. It's going to be a good show regardless. We'll try to work some cowboy shit, I'm sure, with Hangman in Tennessee. Makes a lot of sense. Totally. And dude, the main event, the lights out, fucking hardcore, whatever you want to call it, lights out non sanctioned match between Adam Cole and Orange, Orange Cassidy. Cassidy. It was crazy. It was great, too. It was I didn't get to see whole, it, but I heard a lot of good things. A whole different style than that crazy ladder match, but it sure. was still crazy, insane. We got the debut of the newest member of All Elite Wrestling, Dan Housen. Finally. Like, yes. I think he— Also, uh, his, like, I don't know how they're going to use him, and I really hope it's not, like, an evil version of Orange Cassidy. Like, I really hope it's not, like— it, it needs to be funny because he is funny, I, and I get that. He can have when a he, feud with Orange Cassidy and do that, but that doesn't oh, need to be his whole shtick. That would be so good. God, that would be so good. Like, and they can actually wrestle. They can like – No, that's what I'm saying. Like, and so like, it, it, does, it does give me a lot of faith that the very first thing they do is they put him with Adam Cole. I mean that, that to me is like, okay, like all right, you're going to show that he can actually wrestle and he's not just a gimmick because the dude can go bell to bell like – his gimmick is fucking hilarious. Like, there's no way around it. He's really funny. But he's also a really good bell-to-bell worker. Yeah, I mean, amazing. Speaking of, like, I'm, I even made a tweet out earlier, like, Dan Housen, MJF, Mance Warner, AJ Gray, Ali Catch, countless others. I'm, like, forgetting names. Our boy Nick Iggy AJ defeated Gray. Effie. Yeah. AJ Gray on that show, too, but yeah. Nick Iggy defeated Effie. I saw all of them on the Southern Underground Pro Show. First one I ever went to back in 2018. And now all of them are like fucking killing it in huge spots. And it's great. It's amazing to see. Mance Warner, another one. I became a fan of him that day. He pulled out a pocket knife during a match. Never seen that. Just <laughs> they, They're great great wrestlers, great good personalities. Manager, good stuff. And I like seeing all of them prosper. And they're still doing great. Good shit. So, yeah. Speaking of good shit and bad shit, we're going to go ahead and get into the first show of our kayfabe comparisons this week, and it's going to be called The World on GCW. Okay. We were calling okay. it the GCW The World, but the official oh, title the is world. actually The World on GCW, only with W-R-L-D. They, didn't, they, they couldn't afford the vowels. Stupid. 
It's stupid. I'm going to go ahead and say that. It's a stupid name. I just don't like – I don't like when they do the stuff like that, when they take out the vowels and try to make it look edgy or put an X there instead. Don't Eh. like that. Don't like that. GCW The World could have been a great title, but no, The World on GCW. That's what I wrote it down as. GCW The World. That's what I'm going to call it from now on. Uh, So uh, do you want to go ahead and get into it? The first match that we had, uh, the ladder match for the brass ring. I'll I'll let you start off. I I, I want to know your opinion on this one. Yeah, I mean, we we did have like an opening package, and I actually thought like it was a very similar uh, opening package to the way Impact did theirs with like those individual interview type things, uh, except this was way better. Yeah, it worked better. It didn't have uh, Rosemary trying to uh, be serious. But I mean everything. Like production level was top tier. Like this is probably the best – video package production wise that I think I've ever seen from GCW ever. I think they can finally afford it. And honestly, I think it was better than a lot of impact stuff. Like this was really good. Like this was the the production package, the production package. Let me start with that. The production package was very good. Then we'll get into the look of the Hammerstein. Okay. Hammerstein ballroom, legendary, right? Like legend. We all know what it looks like. We all remember those early nineties raws. We all remember those one night stands where we all remember that. ROH shows, everything. That is not what this place looked like. It did not look like that. It didn't even look like it did in their promo. You know what I mean? Like extra seating and it just made it look weird. It looked really weird. Like it looked blue, like, like, like silverish and blue instead of like that old, like antique style theater. I don't, maybe they've changed it since the last time they did the promo or something. Maybe they just lighted it weird. I I think it was the lighting. Okay. Well, honestly, the lighting was trash, by the way. The lighting and the production on this was not good. Whoever was running camera, like running the like directing the actual thing, was not good. They, it was the, the cuts were bad. Um, the 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 spots, the the segments between matches was just like it felt like I was watching a Twitch stream almost. Like it was just like there was nothing. There was no transitions really. Um, Weird zoom ins and zoom outs at weird times, I felt like, and that's throughout the whole show. Um, but we'll get into no the actual Kevin, match. It wasn't no Kevin Dunn shit, so it, I was definitely it was no, it. It, Impact has better production, live production than this. I'll say that. Um, let's, uh, let's get into the match, though. It's the grab the brass ring ladder match with Jordan Oliver, Tony Deppin, Jimmy Lloyd, Alex Cologne, PCO, G Raver, and uh, AJ Gray as the surprise entrance, right? Yeah. Okay. It was really sloppy. The match was really, really sloppy. Um, it wasn't as exciting as the, the the last scramble that we covered, and I know that's kind of what they wanted it to be. It felt like the ladder um, got in the way more than it helped the match. I think these guys could have had a better match if it was just a match. Um, I mean, there were some awesome spots for sure, but there was absolutely no continuity at all. Uh, the ring looked so small, dude. It looked so tiny in there. It just... It felt real weird. Um, the PCO package pile driver was incredible. That was one of the dude. Jordan Oliver's neck, yeah, fucking just crunched. No, no, he his bent head like an bent, actual. Yeah, his head bent the ring of the ladder. The foot the rung. rung. The foot rung. Like that is not. Like, dude, yeah, yeah, he definitely took a pile driver like on his noggin. Um, some bad botches in there though. Um, AJ Gray had one pretty rough, obviously. Um, G Raver had one in there. It could have been way worse too. Raver had one in there that was very similar. Oh yeah. After you see that one, the one with Raver, how do you not like, Oh, someone's jumping from the very top. We need to hold the ladder. How do you, how do you not, how do you not know? Like that's, that's, you just saw this happen because no one was holding the ladder. And And if you you watch, 
Yeah, and if you watch it, the referee like looked like he was holding it, and I think AJ Gray thought, "Oh yeah, he's holding it. It looks like he's holding it." And then when he went, he, he that kid was one hundred and thirty-five pounds, and he had his left arm on it. Like that's not that ain't gonna do anything, bro. Yeah, like, AJ he, Gray is a full-grown man. Yeah, uh, like dude, <laughs> I don't think you're gonna be able to hold him. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. <sighs> uh, Cologne slapping the ring like thirty times before Lloyd finally made the run in. It was a little weird. Like it's almost like he tapped. Like I think even the commentary was like he tapped out like four times. He's like slap. Maybe you can just do that in Puerto Rico. I'm not sure, but he's just like slapping, like slapping the like slapping the mat as if he's tapping out, but he's not tapping out. I guess like she can't know. tap out in a ladder match. Yeah. Well. Oh, I guess that makes sense. But I mean, then the comment. Yeah, you're right. You're right. The commentary. Commentary just fucked it up for me. I guess. Um. I don't know. The run-in finally happened. There was some good spots, but overall I thought it was pretty underwhelming and I was below average. I gave it two and a half beers. Um, where are you at on this brass ring match thing? I mean, I'm literally right there with you. I just went three. It was kind of right in the middle for me just because like there, like you said, there were some cool spots, but some unfortunate botches. And yeah, AJ Gray kind of got lucky on his botch and he really didn't get fucked up because he really could have got fucked up the way he yeah. landed. Oh no, everything. he definitely could have, yeah. I'm pretty sure he tweeted yeah. like not doing any more ladder matches ever. <laughs> yeah, I mean, why would you? Why do yeah, you don't I need mean, to? By the way, like you're ridiculously good as it is. So, yeah, um, I mean, he can't help what the Booker made up, but he has does have the brass ring, so he gets to challenge for any title in GCW, and he's already the GCW Extreme Champion that he won from PCO. So maybe AJ Gray can finally get that title back that he won in Nashville, by the way, but then lost it later that night. Yeah, I mean. I think it was – I think they missed the mark. I think, the, I think the match missed the mark. Yeah, the ladder – like you said, if it wouldn't have been a ladder, if it just would have been a six-man scramble for a future title shot, would have been way better. I agree. I agree fully. Let's get on to the next match here, though. It's uh, Gringo Loco, Flamita, and Ares versus ASF, Laredo Kid, and Bandito. Um, I thought it was a very fast-paced, very Lucha Libre-style match. And oh, like yeah. they. I think they did a really good job of like playing to that style perfectly without like going outside of it. So it was almost like a cool cultural spectacle, which is awesome. Um, it obviously doesn't follow the same kind of psychology because it's Lucha Libre, um, but it was great. I thought it was really well done. I thought it was very true to their style. I thought it was a nice change of pace, actually, which just goes to show it's like just because you do the flippity floppity shit does not mean it's all the same. Like this Lucha Libre match was very, very different than the opening match. Um, and it was very different, honestly, than the match after this. Um, but I thought it was really, really good. I gave it three and a half beers, maybe even three and three quarters. I was pretty high on this actually. Uh, what did you, what did you think on this? Uh, the six man, this trios, um, Lucha Libre match. It was a ridiculously fun match. And after all the botches and unfortunate things that happened in the first match that kind of slowed things down, this brought the pace back up. Yeah. Definitely. So many good, like unique spots. I've never seen like that double kick, like moonsault yeah. thing. Like I was like, Super what the cool. fuck? Yeah. Just really cool Lucha stuff. And they worked yeah. like, like you said, a perfect Lucha style match. They didn't deviate from anything like that. They shouldn't be doing. I mean, everything was perfect. It felt I very authentic. Yeah. Oh yeah, it was great. And Gringo Loco, hey, even he's got a little extra weight, but he was still hanging in there trying to pull a couple of these dude, moves. Dude is smooth though. Like yeah, he's a smooth exactly. dude. It's it's like the first time I saw QT Marshall do some of these moves. I'm like, what the fuck? But okay, yeah. I mean, if you can do it, you can do it. But yeah, I literally I went 3.75 on this match. I said it was f extremely fun, but the wrong team won. I think the baby faces should have got the win in there. 
Yeah, I can I can go with that. That's fine. Um, I mean, I think they probably gave it to the um, gave it to the heels because I don't, honestly I don't know. I don't know. It's a good question. I mean, maybe it's just because it's a GCW crowd and they're like, ah, might as well give it. Just want to switch it up. I mean, Babyface yeah. won the opener. I guess AJ Gray is a Babyface. He's not really a heel, is he? I think he's more like a tweener. You know? Yeah. I, I mean, I don't know. Everyone says like that a, now, you know, like tweener, as if it's an actual thing, but. Um, he's, he's, he's like a, he's like an attitude era wrestler, you know. <laughs> attitude era wrestler. Uh, yeah, man. Uh, let's get into the next match. It's um, it's Blake Christian versus Leo Rush, and I thought it was going to be Jonathan Gresham. Um, it wasn't. So apparently, there's some heat about that. Is that a thing? No, I think Jonathan Gresham. Uh, if there's heat about, it, I just know that Jordan Grace got COVID, so he, you know, was. Taking precaution because he was like she just tested positive and you know. Okay, well now is a, better, a good a time as any. I know that I saw Brett. I saw the Brett Lauderdale like tweeted about how he had been got or whatever. How like it was record numbers, but like somebody got him, and I was like, oh no, no, you show? know what like, happened? I know exactly what happened. You know what? You know, the real thing how he got. Well, we got. didn't spill it on the tea, so tell me now. Yeah. Oh, so yeah, so what happened is there was a wrestler who was advertised to wrestle who was only sixteen, and somebody called left the New York Athletic Commission and. Like snitched basically, but but then apparently that rule isn't even a thing anymore. But they still like got him off the show somehow. What? Someone tried to someone tried to sabotage the show. Same thing happened back when New Japan ran a show there in like 2017. Someone someone called said they worked for him and got their uh, ambulance canceled. Every time someone, every time a promotion Why tries to run that, why do people hate GCW? Sh- have they, does, no. has, he, has he like shit on people before or what? Well, I'm saying it's not, I, we, people think it's like WWE people because that's their territory and they try to sabotage any show. Oh my god, it doesn't that's, make any sense. That's like, they did it with they did it with New Japan and now they did it with GCW. Oh my god! But someone, oh, it, it's probably just supermarks. Honestly, it's probably yeah. supermarks. Like that would make if, sense to me. If you get on Twitter, WWE marks are fucking insane. So Oh, they're there. Oh, dude, they're insane. Like it's like you crazy. can't watch any you can't watch they they have the Vince McMahon mentality. Like this is the only thing that exists. And if you watch anything else, it's Bush League and this is the only real wrestling. And and it yeah. doesn't yeah, and it's like why? Like why do you I don't know. Like because I mean, it's like, dude, I mean, y- yo, like we're all fans because of WWE. We all admit that. Like we're all here now. Because of WWE. And literally every WWE legend has wrestled somewhere else except for yeah. like The Rock. Yeah. I mean, it's not, <laughs> yeah. 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 I mean, that's, that's a totally different conversation. We'll get to it when we get there. Let's keep okay. it rolling here, though. Um, the so next, what you think of the match? Blake the, and Leo. Blake Christian versus Leo Rush. So I really wanted Jonathan Gresham. Listen, I think Leo Rush is great. I, th- I really do. But I also think that, like, once you've seen a Leo Rush match, you've seen a Leo Rush match. And that's kind of the way he wrestles. Like, all, it, not to say it's not impressive, not to say he's not really good. Um, but it's almost like, um, it's like, um, in a great, like a, a Ric Flair way, like Ric Flair does his shtick. You're going to see his bumps in every single match. That's how Leo rush is too. To me, you're going to see his stuff in every match and it's really good. It's way more impressive for sure. It's just, I don't know. Like I've seen this match before several times. I was really excited about Jonathan Gresham. It's not that this was a bad match. It was a really good match. I gave it like, I think I gave it like three and three, three and a quarter, three and one quarter beers, uh, a little bit above average. I liked it. Uh, but I feel like I was just let down because I really wanted to see Gresham. And, I mean, you got to do what you got to do. And commentary is easily awful, like the worst part of this match. Like, god awful. Like, dude. GCW, they all – I feel like, dude. The commentary is man. trash. It is 
trash, dude. Like they, they, they are chatterboxes, bro. They talk over entrances. They, there's never a time that they lay out. They are constantly just yakking about nothing. And that's really commentary one oh one, like things that I learned, like doing it in like the first year. It's like, you don't talk when people are talking, you don't talk during entrances. And those are little things I like learned after like doing it for a year. These guys are on fucking T, you know, on pay-per-view doing it. Like your one liner, even if it is clever, can lay out. You know, it doesn't need to be there. It doesn't need to be there. It's not going to give more heat or more shine to the wrestler, period. And that's what your job is. You are not the star. And these two dudes felt like they thought they were the stars. Like it, it, it just, it was not good. It was not what commentary not is to put is there to put the talent over, not yourself. It was VFW level bad commentary. It was really <laughs> bad commentary. It was just especially for that kind of production, those kind of wrestlers like they did commentary, did these wrestlers a disservice by commentating on this match period. It was that bad. Um, yeah. Three and a quarter probably would have been better, honestly, with better commentary. It probably would have been better with better commentary. Where are you at on it? Hey, same here. I was so hyped on Jonathan Gresham. My girlfriend was actually watching with me, and I was like, man, this is going to be so good. Jonathan Gresham, this is going to oh, be a fucking Matt classic. And But when when Leo Rush came out, I was actually pretty hyped because the last time I saw Leo Rush in GC, and the last time we saw Blake Christian in GCW was against Leo Rush in a casket yeah. match. Yeah, And I remember that match, and so the storytelling was really good for me in this match because I, if you're more invested in the feud of some wrestlers, it's, it's going to make it a little bit more enjoyable for you. Yeah, but so I, I just like kind of had a little over. bit. I felt like the casket match ended that like like. And so to me, it was like, I, I think that Jonathan Gresham would have had a more technical match with with Blake Christian. And this was more of like an X division match. Oh, no, that's a cool too. match. Like both of them have fantastic chemistry. I went four beers. I thought it was really okay. good. Dude, I like that. especially yeah, yeah. dude that like the V trigger that uh, Christian hit to the back of uh, Leo Rush's head like out of nowhere was just fucking sick. They have really good chemistry together. I think if. Honestly, Blake Christian would have faced, I don't know, anybody else on the fly. He probably couldn't have put on a, such a good match. But actually, I don't know. He's probably better than I think. He's probably better than I actually know he is. But, dude, Leo and Blake got that chemistry. Four beers, baby. Four beers, that's solid. I'm not mad at you about that. I mean, three and a quarter. Honestly, I'll, I, will, I will say this. It probably would have been four and a quarter. It would have been a full beer more if commentary had been even decent. But it was really bad. Uh, let's keep it going here. Um, we got a incredible package for Cardona and Janela. Like, uh, I mean, very good production value. Um, I absolutely love the Savage and Flair like throwback to it. So good. So, so good. Um, and the match here is Matt Cardona versus um, Joey Janela. Oh, dude, God. Cardona has nuclear heat in GCW, and I absolutely Love it, dude. I love it. Um, oh, my goodness, man. The match was awesome. I I, I thought that kind of gives this is like GCW's um, sports entertainment. Um, and it's awesome. It ruled, dude. And it, it, just because it's like rated M doesn't mean it's not sports entertainment. Uh, but when sports entertainment is done really well, it's like my favorite thing. And it can still be for adults. Like you can still do sports entertainment for adults and it not just be a great pro wrestling match. This wasn't a great pro wrestling match. It wasn't a good, there, you know, there weren't great transitions between wrist locks and, you know, it, wasn't, it was, it was story. It was like 90% it was, story. It was all angle. It was all angle and a couple of big bumps and tons of crowd to heat, like from the crowd. The, this and, is the and best. The run ins and the Gaga worked perfect with it. It just. Every 
dude, everything – I will say this. Everything was – I mean six beer level good. Everything was six beer level good until Smart Mark Sterling came out. Then it got really muddy really fast. Like with the swoggle stuff and then Virgil Stunt telling his story in there and Virgil – it was just too – that was too much. It was too much. Um, the Myers reveal was a pop, I guess, because it's the first time Myers has been in GCW, uh, at least since he was the, uh, the Prince of Queens or whatever it was. Um, but even still, it was too much. Could have been better with less Gaga, uh, but it was really, really good before the Gaga. And I loved the angle. I gave it four and a half beers. Loved it. Loved it. Where are you at on it? I mean, I thought it was fucking fantastic. I know, like you said, it wasn't a Matt classic, but I mean... They weren't. It wasn't bad wrestling by by any means at no, all. No, 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 bad no, 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 not at all. No, it just wasn't you know Steamboat Savage or anything. Right, like right, that. of course. And it doesn't have to run-ins, be. The story's good enough. It doesn't have to be. Yeah, but the run-ins, they some of them worked for me. I did, did get a little bit muddy with that because it kind of slowed things down. But when X Pac came out, oh yeah, yeah, it hot me yeah. back up. X Pac was more like post match. I was going to bring that up in the post match, but it's fine. Yeah, but that's part of the whole story, and that uh, is what ev- elevated that thing to five beers for me because it was like teetering when it got kind of got wild. But dude, X Pac coming out sealed the deal for he me. He looked great, dude. He looked great. I'm like, bro, why are you not having a run right now? Like, he, that's what's about to happen. Him and Joey Janelle are about to have a, him and Joey Janelle are about to uh, tag together. I think. I'm go, dude. He's, he signed on to GCW. He's going to be wrestling there for a little bit now. I'm pretty sure. Really? Yeah. Wow, that's good news. Cool. I like that. I like that. That's good news. I'm into that. But yeah, five beers for Matt Cardona and Joey Janela. Probably angle of the night for sure. Yeah. Oh, dude. Bar none. Bar none. Yeah. Definitely angle of the night. Matt Cardona is easily. Listen. It gets heat for him saying this. Like I put GCW on the map. He kind of did though on the major map. He like. Even even the Moxley stuff, like I think Cardona did more for GCW than any other quote definitely unquote WWE casual, guy. Yeah, for casual fans that only watch like WWE, he definitely brought all the casual fans over for sure. A lot, a lot, and he and he he does such a good. It's so invested, dude. Like Matt Cardona is a Hall of Famer. Period. Like he is so underrated with his like work ethic, like how much he puts into all of it. Like he doesn't. I mean. There's plenty of veterans that don't, and it shows, and they just come and get a paycheck, and it sucks, and we'll talk about that shortly. Uh, <laughs> but, but I mean, dude, Cardona is killing it, and he been, like, dude, he spreads it across all of his platforms, and he manages to to make it make sense where he can be the same guy on his podcast, but really be a heel in GCW, and also really be a face and impact and everywhere else. It makes sense. It all still makes sense, and that's really difficult to do. Like. Especially when GCW, I don't know, man. I'm hats off to Matt Cardona. I'm just singing his praises over here. I want to keep it rolling before I get off on a tangent because we got a lot going on here. We got a lot more left. Um, yeah, Mansur comes out and cuts a promo after the match, and the crowd loved it. Then Atticus Kogar gets his mic time too. Um, yeah, I don't know. Then Matthew Fuck Justice, Ohio. Yeah, the 440 Special comes Beatles. out and. I don't know. Overwhelms the baby face. Eight forty. What? I don't know what it is. What is it? The four forty. Is that what it is? Four four zero. Four four zero. Baby face is that's until, Ohio's. It's area code for somewhere in Ohio. Yeah, I mean the lights out and the Sabu pop. That's cool. It's cool to get. It's cool to get these guys on the show. It's cool to get a legend in there like Sabu and Bill Alfonso. Very easy. It felt very ECW. Like this is your ECW segment of the night type thing, and it was cool. Oh yeah. Um, and they're really trying to you know hit all styles. I mean, you had that like. 
crazy car wreck of a, of a, of a ladder match that on paper probably would, it should have been better. Uh, then you had that Lucha Libre match, which was awesome. And then you have this really sports entertainment angle with Janela and Cardona. And then you have this segment that's very ECW. Um, I mean, GCW is definitely on the right track for sure. Um, we got a package for Ali catch versus Ruby Soho. I thought the package was very, very good. I thought Ali has very big star potential. I really liked her acting chops in that production package. I felt like, yo, like she's an actress. Like this is acting like she's doing well. Like, uh, granted she's just being herself, but I thought the acting in that package was very, very, very well done. Um, then the audio feed just didn't come back on for a while. And we got awkward silence for a few minutes and it took me out of everything. It's like, it was like, damn it, GCW. Like, you guys are so close, but whoever's running your truck just sucks. Like, your AV guys and your commentary. If you fix those two things, you could easily be number three in the country, in my opinion. Easily. Um, but, yeah, man. Uh, the next match here is Ali Catch versus Ruby Soho. I'm going to let you go ahead and take the reins on this one. What did you think about it? I mean, I thought it was a decently, like, average, probably an above average, just pretty solid contest. I've seen both of them wrestle many times. I've seen Ali Catch have bangers against men and this was pretty damn good i can't i mean the story was great you know trying to use her finisher on her like just good stuff there i enjoyed it i went three and a half beers just a little bit above average the i mean yeah the whole sh- the, everything else leading up this was just so insane it was kind of nice to get more of just a traditional wrestling match and not really you know the Blake Christian crazy stuff or the sports entertainment this was just two women going out there putting on a solid contest and I thought it was great, and like you said, Alley Catch. I think eventually she's already had a few appearances on AEW Dark, but I think I think she could easily be a player in the women's division in AEW if they just went ahead and gave her that little push. And I and I do like the gimmick the gimmick change because she was Alley Cat forever, but Alley Catch is just a little bit more serious, has a little bit more edge to it. Yeah. Um. Wait. What was your overall rating on that one? One more time. I went three and a half. Just a little, a, a little bit above average. A little bit above average. Okay. Um, so this is the first time I'm seeing Allie Catch um, as Allie Catch. I've seen Allie Cat wrestle before. I've um, mm-hmm. seen her wrestle men before. Um, the new gimmick is very strong. Tony Storm vibes for sure. Um, the match started off very slow and the crowd was quiet as hell and the spots were really sloppy. And it was not a good match, I didn't think. I did not like it. I really wanted to like it because I really loved the package. Um, I Yeah, I thought it was real bad. I thought that Allie's she had no facial expressions. And her and her selling was just – it was like she was just taking a bump and like she, was in a tra- like she was in training. Her face didn't change. She took a bump and just got right back up. And I was like ah, – there was no – even the body language was bad at selling. It was just not – and maybe this is just – for me, this again, like, dude, this is just my opinion. Obviously, I'm just one guy. I know a lot of people loved this match. I didn't think it was good. I just didn't think it was a good match. I I like Ruby Soho. I I I was hyped. I was genuinely hyped for this match, and I really wanted to like it, and I didn't. It just wasn't good. It was sloppy. There was a lot of delayed spots where Allie's just waiting to be hit, and then when she is hit, it's really weak from Ruby, and, and vice versa, actually. And it was just not. It just it was really took me out of it. I was. This is one of the ones where I'm like fighting to not look at my phone. Like it was just rough. Like I did not like this match at all. I gave it one beer. Um, 
Not I, for I me at all. I enjoyed it. I was pretty into it. I didn't wouldn't say I love it like some people, but I didn't hate it and think it was that bad. But hey, I mean, I've seen great tweets own, about it, might, and you know. I've seen I haven't seen anybody poo poo on it, which is crazy to me because like normally I see a lot of negativity on the internet, uh, especially on Twitter, especially when you run a wrestling Twitter. Like you see tons of oh my negativity is all the time. Twitter, it's it sucks sometimes. <laughs> yeah, it's the worst. It's it's the cesspool of shit. But we have to be there, and it promotes and it helps. But. Uh, and if you found us on Twitter, thanks. Just kidding. Um, but actually, I mean, I just saw a lot of people like I've never I didn't see anything. Anybody say anything bad about it. So I guess this is the first time. But like, yeah, I didn't. I I thought I, maybe it's because you're just sexist shitting on the women. No, I'm just kidding. Oh, come on, man. I've rated. I've given <laughs> I've given women's matches six beers plus on the show before. It's yes. Just, it just was not. It was just wasn't good to me. I mean, it would maybe it just missed me. Maybe it was just. Maybe it was just there was so much Gaga from like the Cardona Janela thing and then the Sabu thing, and then I saw this, and the crowd was I don't care what anybody says, the crowd was dead. Like it was quiet. This match was quiet. And it was just I don't know. It, it wasn't for me. It wasn't for me at all. Uh let's keep it rolling here. We got a package for Effie and Jeff Jarrett. Um Take it away, buddy. What do you think about Effie versus Jeff Jarrett here? I mean I can already tell by the look on your face that you are not a big fan of this for some reason. I just have a feeling, but I thought I thought it was a pretty good match. The story the story was one of the great things that sold this for me too. I thought Jeff Jarrett for not wrestling since 2017 looked pretty good, to be honest. In shape, he looked pretty damn good. And I've seen Effie have great matches before, and like this wasn't his best match, but the story and everything, and like the foils with their like, I don't know. I like the funny stuff, like him loving him, liking he was getting choked and stuff. And I was like, the chemistry, the personalities and the gimmicks foiled each other great. And I, I, I had a really good time watching this. Like, it wasn't a Matt Classic again, but the story and everything sold it great. And Jeff Jarrett looked pretty damn good for being 50-something, ain't wrestled since 2017. I had a great time. Four beers for this match. I was screaming and yelling at the TV, having fun. Good time with this one. Jeff Jarrett needs to have some more appearances in Four GCW. beers. You gave it four beers? Four beers. I really liked it. And with that guitar shot, boom. I mean. Uh, uh, okay. Um, yeah. Okay. So the fans are super hot for Effie. Um, the suck his dick chants were hilarious. I thought that was really funny. Um, Jarrett was trying to get as much, much true heat as he could. Uh, and man, that belt like to the face of the ring announcer was harsh. Oh, yeah, I saw that, and I was like, jeez. Um, and when he grabbed Vladimir by the throat. And, and oh, the yeah, interest, that was great. Like, Super fan Vladimir, but I'm pretty, sh- like, I'm pretty sure. Oh, that, dude, Vlad. That yeah, was, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, all good. I don't even think it was, I don't think it was planned. Oh, it wasn't but planned. He but... knew, like, he's like, he's like, Vlad will be cool with it. You know what I mean? Like, he'll be cool. Exactly. Like, um, commentary ruined this match for me. Again, like, ruined this match for me. Commentary ruined this. It was... They didn't take it seriously. They're talking about other matches during this. It, they not one time did they mention that it was his first actual match since 2017. Not one time. The, you saying it right there is the first time I heard it. Well, I do my research, baby, and I that, listen to Jeff Jarrett's podcast. So it's just, it was okay, I guess. I mean, listen, I love my world. <laughs> I love it. I love TNA. I'm very grateful for the Jeff Jarrett presence in the Nashville area and to wrestling in general, but I've never liked Jeff Jarrett bell to bell. Not one time, not never, not ever, not ever. Um, and I just don't, uh, to me, like Effie versus Cardona. Perfect. Great. Makes perfect sense because Cardona, Cardona can go. 
Jeff Jarrett didn't look bad. Jeff Jarrett looked yeah, Jeff Jarrett looked like Jeff Jarrett. He looked like he he looked like he did the last time he wrestled for sure. But that's never been great to me. It's never been great. It's never been great. Like hey, like I just, said, it wasn't a Matt Classic. It was more story for me and more of the funny stuff they were doing. I don't know. I hated it. I hated it. It, it got heat with me in a bad way. I, what about his just, shield gear? Did you like that? Oh, hated it. <laughs> I was. Oh God, I was about to be like. Plus the also too. It's like why are you like? It doesn't make. You haven't cut enough. Like, there's. I know you say the story, but like, there's not enough. There's not enough Jarrett promo to make me value you as a true heel here. You haven't really done anything to drum up heat, really. And he like, Alley catch with a guitar on the head. Oh my goodness! That's what he, is that's this? Nineteen ninety four? Did he hit it? He hit a girl. He hit a girl that wrestles men, by the way, and beats their ass <laughs> with a guitar. A guitar. A guitar. Like, no, dude. I don't. I don't know. Not uh, miss for me, bro. And I love Effie. I think he's amazing. I think Effie is the only reason why this was even passable, bro. I gave it half a beer. I gave it half a beer. Effie is amazing. I I love that dude. I think he's incredible. I think that I think he everything he touches at least is passable because he's in it and he can dude again like the Cardona stuff in him immaculate, perfect, like ridiculously good. The Jarrett Effie match miss me on it, bro. I'm done with it like half a beer at most for Effie only because I love daddy, but I cannot hang. I can't hang with Jared Again, versus Effie. Not in 20. Iggy still holds a victory over Effie. Oh yeah. Nick Iggy, the ringleader man. Love him, dude. We got to get him on the show. Maybe we could get him on a Baker's dozen sometime. Hell yeah. So I guess let's go ahead and go into the next match of the night, which was the GCW world championship. John Moxley versus homicide. And the only thing that I can say I liked about this match was Homicide mocking John Moxley's shoulder thing. Yeah. And besides that, this match fucking sucked. I love that, yeah. I was not a fan of it. Like, the work wasn't, like, necessarily anything bad, but just after everything that happened in the night, and I already don't really like Mox, like, I just could not get into this shit. It just was just yeah. so fucking stale. Like... No, it was stale. And, they, was and the stale commentary sure. was was selling it harder than it actually was. They were trying so hard to sell how serious – and just like I couldn't fucking get into it. There was a nice little avalanche cutter, but besides that, like – and I don't think it's homicide. Like it was – or homicide moxes don't work good. I don't know. But this match fucking sucked. Homicide has always sucked. I'm going to go ahead and say that. I've never liked Homicide. I've never thought he was very good. I think he's had flashes and has had been in the ring with really good guys that have carried him to good matches. But I don't think there's ever been a time where Homicide is supposed to be the better wrestler in the ring and he's had a good match. Not one time. Not ever. He worked in my more opinion. of that like X Division style, and he was just trying to do the brawl with John Moxley, and it just didn't fucking work. I don't even think he's that. I don't even think he's an X Division guy. I think he's always been a brawler and had good matches with X Division guys. Maybe that's they what could it work is, around his, his best matches were in TNA for sure. Yeah, oh, for sure. No doubt. With no LAX. Doubt. Yes. Yeah, definitely. I guess maybe he's more of a team guy than a singles he's guy. He's a but team guy, man. He's team a team guy. guy. Devon and, and Bully Ray, killer. Amazing Hall of Famers. Devon by himself, hard pass. Hard pass. And that's how I feel about homicide. Like, I mean, and bully El- and bully Ray, besides the bully Ray gimmick when he was just by himself as Bubba Ray Dudley or whatever, it fucking bully, sucked. Bully Ray had four decent years of being a singles wrestler and he's been a tag team specialist his entire career. So when he talks about being legendary, he can't do it without a bunch of other people around him. He should shut his mouth. No, he's only a legend for his tag team shit for sure. 
Like no one goes, oh Absolutely. my god, the legend. Remember that really good bully Ray match? Remember that I mean, legendary? No, 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 no. Okay, that, okay. I, I will say, dude has had some great match. You got to give the devil his due. It doesn't make sense. To, I mean, you can't you well, can't saying, disparage I'm a man. About just tag yep. team. Like if you think of his matches, you're gonna. No, no, think no I agree. I agree. Dudley Boys matches, not his singles matches, as Bully Ray. Like I mean, that was just right. Oh, speaking of that, we got a during this match, we got a fuck Bully Ray chant that rang out super loud. I popped so for it. So I thought it was great. Fuck Bully Ray chant and the mocking Moxley. I gave it two beers. Two beers. Okay. Two beers. This match pissed I, me I gave off. Effie, I gave Effie and Jarrett half a beer. That's what I gave Effie and Jarrett. What'd you give this? I mean, match sucked. I thought it was uh, <laughs> super sloppy. <laughs> the brawl was, it was like a brawl with neither guy taking the lead. And it felt like they were trying to talk to each other. Like they were just waiting for the other guy to do something. That's what this, it felt like they were like, you know what? We got a brother. We know what we're doing. Let's go out there and we'll just call it the ring. And then they fucking didn't like, that's what this match was. That's exactly what this match was. It just wasn't good. Um, they just hung on to each other at one this point, like just literally held on to each other. Like not in a lockup, like they were just holding on to each other, like by their arms. And I was like, what, what it, it was awful. It was a dud. This match was a zero. It was a dud. It sucked. Um, random bump, yeah. random. I was moves, being generous with those two beers, to be honest. Really bad, dude. Finish came out of nowhere. Because they probably knew they were stinking the joint out. It was awful. Awful match. Really bad way for a clean John Moxley to begin his career clean. It was awful. I mean, awful, awful, awful. Um, not good at all. Uh, I don't know how else to say it. Bad. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah. Then we get a package for the Briscoes um, and the Open Challenge, uh, which the Open Challenge was kind of awesome. Uh, and then the match is the Briscoes versus Matt Tremont and Nick Gage. I'm going to let you take the reins on this one. What did you think about this one, buddy? Because the last match was such drizzling shits. The, just the energy for this match was better. And yeah. you know, and you know when it's going to Nick Gage and Matt Tremont, you're not going to get fucking a wrestling match. You're going to get crazy spots and you know, being a death match. And it wasn't a technical, technically a death match, but I mean, it was just more fun. It was 10 times more exciting than the last match. It wasn't necessarily any cleaner than the last match, no, it but it had not. some nice, fun, exciting spots. But it was I felt it was very fast, very rushed, and the ending was super sudden, very anticlimactic. I think they were running out of time, and Nick Gage just suddenly fucking won real quick. He just hit his two moves. And I was like, what? It's, it's over? So I could I could only go two and a half beers on this one, almost three, only because – it just ended so suddenly. Like it was just, it was just crazy violence. There was no rhyme or reason to what was going on. They were just fucking slamming each other through tables, just doing whatever they could to get their spots in before the time ran out is what I felt like. So I felt like that's why it, it could have been better. The crowd hype. They loved it. I mean, it was probably fun to be there, but like as for a wrestling match, it wasn't like, I don't recommend going and watching it. So I just, yeah, two and a half just because it was more exciting than the last trash we had to watch. Um, I genuinely don't understand the massive adoration for Nick Gage. I don't get it. I just don't get it. It's not like, I mean, I get that the dude has like some, like done some really sadistic things in pro wrestling and he's like legendary for that, but he genuinely seems mentally ill to me. 
Like, I feel like there's, I'm, I'm being serious. Like, I, like I'm being dead. Like, I don't, I like, I don't know if him being in a pro wrestling ring is really good for him. And I'm being genuinely like, I feel like he honestly believes that he is MDK all day. The motherfucking God of this shit. Yes. I no, think he, no, he genuinely, genuinely wakes up and believes that. No, that's why Nick Gage is – that's why people love him so much, and he's so ridiculous because he genuinely does believe this shit, and he's dead fucking serious. It's like if Virgil thought he was a true badass and was really out there. Like, Virgil yeah, but it feels like shit. people love him, and it's not like a – it's not like a Eugene thing. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, it feels like people are like, oh, yeah, no, he is awesome. Where's my gang at? And the people lose their minds, and it's like, dude, this dude is absolutely whacked, bro. Like, he is not – like he's not okay. Like I feel like he needs a buddy. Like he needs a partner or something. Like well, I don't know him personally, but I think he seems pretty awesome. No, no. L- listen. Okay, I'm I- I'm not trying to shit on this dude. Per- I'm gen. Actually, this is my genuine concern for him as a human being. Like I'm saying, I'm dead serious. Like I genuinely feel like I feel like he's almost being taken advantage of. Like I genuinely feel that way. It's almost like, dude, like. What are you, are you okay? Like, are you really okay? Like, like he doesn't know where to separate the gimmick. Yes, from the that's human? what I mean, dude. That's okay. what I mean. I mean this. That's what I mean. Like, I don't know. I don't know if it's healthy to have him. That's what I mean. I'm not trying to poo poo. So on the this dude. is the wrestler all over again, but the hardcore version. Yes. Yes. Okay. I get what you're yes, saying. Act, I get what his, you're saying. Dude, his actual mentality. Like, I don't think he can. I think that everyone else around him thinks he is in on it, but he's not in on it. And it's like, I, I feel genuinely sad for him. I mean, like, and I'm not trying to, it's not a pity thing. Like, I'm not trying to be like, oh, I'm, I'm looking down on Nick Gage by any means. I'm just like the dude just main evented the Hammerstein ballroom and I'm sitting here talking on a podcast. I'm just saying that like, I'm like, I'm, I'm like, I feel bad for this dude on a dude, regular basis. Actually, did you, I listened to him on Jericho's podcast and if you hear him talk on podcasts, you can kind of get that same that's vibe. That's what I'm saying. Like, that's all I've ever heard. He and believes like, it. He lives it for real. People say that about him. It's not like, you know, like. The Rock believes he's the Rock. Like, no, Nick Gage doesn't separate wrestling from reality. Ever. Like, ever. So I don't That's know. That's why he's so endearing to the fans, I think. They just love it. Like, he he lives it 100%. Yeah. I mean, that's fair. I don't know. This match sucked, by the way. It was not good. Not, none of it was good. Commentary was trash. Um, just a massive brawl. And most of the matches is just them beating the hell out of each other with pieces of a broken door, really. And it's like, yeah, it was just weird, man. It was not good. Um, weird finish on top of it, too, like you said. It just suddenly yeah. happened. Like, I was just like, backbreaker, one, two, three. And, like, the Jay last was three like, matches the on the show got half a beer, one beer. Or, no, no, a half a beer, a dud. A half a beer, a dud. And then another half. This last one gave me a half a beer. I gave it a half. So beer. you honestly think that you can't tell me that this wasn't more entertaining than Mox and Homicide. This was more entertaining than Mox and Homicide to me. Okay, great. So you can give it a, a three-fourths of a beer because it was a little bit more entertaining. I Okay, I, at the beginning of the show, I just sang all the praises about like GCW. I think that if they change a few things, they can be on top, like in, in the number three at least picture in the United States for pro wrestling. I genuinely believe that. And I think that like they're on their way up for sure. And I think that like I really w- I, I want them to be successful. I like GCW. This show was not good. It was not a good show. Like, I know a lot of people liked it. I know a lot of people um, watched it. A lot of people watched it, which makes me honestly worry because I know they did, like, record-breaking numbers, and I think the product was not good. And I feel like a lot of those numbers are going to be like, this is – they're not ordering it again. I genuinely feel – 
I got a question for you. Was okay. it worth your $25? No. Okay. This is a $10 pay-per-view at best. Yes. Uh, I, cause I've paid $10 for GCW pay-per-views that were well worth the 10 bucks with a $25 price tag on this one. Doesn't don't think it was quite worth it. It definitely helped them out. Gave them a little boost. They're uh, probably, I think they said they're the most profitable indie promotion right now. I'm sure they are. Like, not really gross profits, but, like, what they, you know, how they rack Dude, on they're these touring and, and they're doing pay-per-views, so when do you become a national thing? Like, are you really in it? I mean, like, what yeah, like, what, like what, what makes you an indie and not Impact? What makes you an indie and not, honestly, and not AEW? They're independently owned. I mean, they have a TV deal. Is that it? Is that is that what it is? I think it's the, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I guess it just depends on... The mentality. You tour. You don't have the a men- home. You don't have a home city. You're a touring brand. You have pay-per-views, and you have a regular television show. Correct? Yes. They're a national brand. CW is not even an indie anymore. I think it's more of an indie mentality. How about that? That's fair. They definitely have that EC. They are ECW. It even sounds oh, no. like it. The, the chants sound like it. They are ECW. That's who they uh, are. Yeah. And before we get into this next pay-per-view, you know, speaking of the, you know, getting listeners and stuff, a uh, new a wrestling fan at work who I just introduced to the podcast, I was trying to tell him about GCW to come listen to this, and I, I kind of explained, I was like, it's like the new ECW. Yeah, true. And he was like, oh, oh, really? That sounds cool. And I was like, yeah, I mean, like, you'll, I was like, some good stuff, some bad stuff, you yeah, know? I mean, I, dude, to be honest, I have, I have ripped old ECW pay-per-views that everyone else loved to shreds on this show. I, I mean, I've... Like my overall average for this show is one and three quarter beers for this whole show. If I, if I take, you know, there's eight matches. If I take all the, all the beer ratings and I average them together, it's, it's like 1.8. So it's like a little over one and three quarter. Mine's like a round average. Like a round three ish. Yeah. Yeah. Listen, GCW knocked it out of the park with the last one. I don't remember even what it was called, um, but it was really good. It was in Philly. I think um, great, 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 great show. Uh, but yeah, man, I mean, I think that they're, they've got a long way to go, but they're on Uh, the right track, right? But definitely on the right track. Yeah. I think, I think that this match, I think that this show on paper, like the way they, I don't think it was, there's not, I don't think Brett Lauderdale did anything wrong. I think the way he booked this show was perfect. I think the wrestlers, uh, maybe didn't perform quite as not, I'm not saying that they were the worst commentary was the worst thing on the show. Bar none. If I had been at the show, I might have liked it significantly more. Um, commentary really hurt this show and it hurts all their shows. Honestly, fight club was the last one we covered by the way. And I remember bitching about the commentary at that one. Um, I think they have got to change their commentary team because a really good commentary team could have made Effie and Jeff Jarrett a much better match. And I know uh, there's some made, great independent commentators out there that could be that could do great on some GCW shows. You know who they I need. I know some great ones you who have complained who also about GCW. You know who they need. Yeah. You know who it is. There's you know few, who they need. Who, oh, your, my God. Oh, yeah. If they could get Joey Styles, that'd be sick. Dude, but he's like, not they, doing anything. Or even get Stryker. Stryker is at least a pro, and he's not doing Impact anymore. He At least he can do it. At least he knows what he's doing. I agree. I agree. Um, there's a plethora of people they could use. Known people, unsigned, you know, independent commentators that do a lot better than that. Like, there's there's plenty of Agreed. things they could do. Agreed. But let's go ahead and transition to the show, our nostalgia show that we're covering today, and it is the Royal Rumble 2007. 
07 Royal Rumble. We're cracking into 07 over here on the show. I am very excited. I was very emo in 2007. Still pretty emo now, but uh, especially emo in 07. I had black and white hair. Michael I was Gormit. very heavy metal at that time. Dude, I was like, I mean, I, w- I had the pink eyeshadow, the eyeliner, the finger gloves, the white studded belt. I was living that scene life, baby. Yeah, I was probably heckling you at ro- in the line at Rocket Town when I was going to It's okay. To you were paying to see me, though. It was a sold-out show, and I was the headliner. So it doesn't matter. Oh, no. Matter I always me. got into them Rocket Town shows for free. I just walked through the door. You were the cool kid that smoked cigarettes out back. I didn't uh, smoke cigs, dude. Only joints, okay? Oh, just joints, okay. Just okay, just rollies as we call them. Yeah, uh, yeah. So, the, so the show here, um, it opens with like a production package, which is like kind of split between all of the main, quote unquote, main events. It's Kennedy and Batista, and then Lashley and Test, which I don't know how the fuck that happened. Uh, and then Cena and Umaga. Um, it was decent. The package was decent, but not great, especially for kind of this era. Packages were better than they were here. Um, but yeah, the opening match here is Eminem versus the Hardys. Um, I really like the mask gimmick on Joey. Um, I thought it was a solid tag team match too. Nothing crazy, nothing out of the ordinary. Um, by 2007, we've kind of mm, worn out the super exciting fast paced opener. Um, and it just kind of felt slower paced than I'm kind of used to seeing both of these teams work. It wasn't that it was bad. It was just kind of underwhelming. I, I mean, it's almost like, you know, the, the new day and the Usos of now it's like the matches are going to be good. But how many times have we seen it? Like the Hardys and Eminem are, are literally holding like there's maybe five tag teams total in all of WWE at this point. So, I mean, we just seen the match a thousand times. It wasn't bad. The crowd was super hot for Jeff and it was a decent opener. So I went right in the middle on it. Three beers for me. What do you think about Eminem versus the Hardys? I have some of the exact same notes that you had. I really love Joey Mercury and the Rip Hamilton mask. Always a good thing. Cody Rhodes mask, baby. I say Rip Hamilton, you know, basketball. I know. I know what you mean. Because in basketball, when you wear the mask, you, you go off. It's just like a fucking thing. You You're get serious. The mask for some reason, You're serious you about great. the game. I don't know. That's just what happens. It's, ball. It's, it's the reverse mask curse. But, man, they were very, very stiff strikes in this match. I love Jeff Hardy had the juggalo corn hair thing going on that he rocked in this era, which is pretty funny. And one thing uh, in this match that they talked about, and this sets the stage for the entire night. I don't know who the who like the bookers were for the show, but if you notice, every single match, starting with this one, they're working a body part. They're, all the commentary talks about is Matt Hardy's jaw and Joey Mercury's face, and they really play off that a lot. And literally, it's going to be a common theme through every match for the rest of the night. It's all about working a body part for some reason. And like you said, wasn't amazingly fantastic or anything. It was just a, a solid Hardy tag team match. Three beers right in the middle. You know, di- they didn't have any botches, didn't need to do anything weird. It was just a nice, great opening tag team match. They didn't do anything weird. They didn't make it weird. It was a decent little match. Uh, let's keep it rolling here. Chugging right along, chugging right along. Um, we've got a backstage segment with RKO and the King, uh, King Booker. Uh, and then we got a, a funny little Styles and Taz moment. Um, and then they're kind of on the call there for the ECW title match. It's Test versus Lashley. Match number two, the ECW World Championship. That's how much we value that title already at this point. And we're in January. In January. Um, the brand launched in October, by the way, guys, October, um, crazy. It's crazy. Um, yeah, so it's a bunch of big power moves, um, ugly bumps poorly worked, um, no real rhythm. 
Then the match just kind of ends with a count out. Oh, God. <laughs> the ECW title. The ECW title ends in a count out. Boo. Absolute boo. A quarter of a beer for effort. Like, literally, the guys tried. Poorly booked. They're both green. Test actually isn't green. He's just bad. And Lashley is green. You know, RIP test, but you were not very good wrestler. Um, half, half, or yeah, half or a quarter of a beer even. Um, where are you out on this uh, test versus Lashley match? Same there with you. I gave it a .5 beer, a half a beer. And let me tell you a couple reasons why I was pissed off and this match sucked. First off, uh, they kept calling Tess the impact player. But I thought Just Incredible was the impact player. Like, and he used to be an ECW. It didn't make any sense. It was just really pissing me off of that. And then Lashley did this T-bone suplex. That was not very good. And Taz says, oh, my God, he executed it perfectly. And it was, like, not even behind his head. It was, like, to nope. the side. It looked it like it was trash. It was not perfect. I was like, shut the fuck up, Taz. Shut the fuck up. And yeah, you know your boy Hook does it better. He does oh, yeah. it pretty Hook much perfect. actually but. does it way better. And then Taz okay. starts working on Bobby Lashley's arm the whole match, and they just sell it on commentary. So hey, just work. he's working that arm. He's working that arm. And it's just like, just bull. And then, yeah, I mean, it made sense because he went up for the power slam, then it gave out. But what made no fucking sense is the challenger to the title purposefully lost on a count out. Wasn't like the heel champion trying to retain his title. Made no fucking sense. It was the dumbest shit I've ever seen. Like, Really pissed me off. Uh, pissed me off more than Mox and Homicide, honestly. But half a beer. Half a half a beer. Um, yeah, I mean, it wasn't very good. It just it wasn't very good. Um, afterwards, we got a McMahon and Cena segment in the back with the quote-unquote doctor. Um, Vince is actually pretty hilarious here, actually. Um, I thought it was actually pretty well done. The promo was good. Then we got a package for Kennedy and Batista. Um yeah, Undertaker's definitely going to be causing problems in the match, I felt like, just from that package, because I feel like they're using the Taker to, you know, like, promote this match, and he didn't. He didn't even show his face in it, which made no sense in the production pro- package, but very weird. The match here is Mr. Kennedy versus Batista for the World Heavyweight Championship, and I guess it makes sense now, because it was foreshadowing that they showed so much of the Undertaker here. Um, but yeah, anyway, it's Mr. Kennedy versus Batista for the World Heavyweight Championship. Uh, I mean, it's Batista leading a match. So that alone should tell you how the work rate was. Um, but Isa was never good to me as a white meat baby face either. Um, I mean, he's definitely over and people liked him. Um, I, I don't know. It's just really hard for me to seriously consider Kennedy a threat to Batista. Um, and it wasn't even a, really a bad match. It just wasn't good either. It was just kind of lukewarm. Um, the crowd was definitely into it and chanting for both guys at different times, but I don't know. The match was over, but it just wasn't good. It's like people liked it. The crowd was really hot for this match, but I didn't think it was very good. So I I tried to meet in the middle and I just, I went down the middle. I I gave it three beers because it was like the crowd was losing their minds for this. And I was like, I didn't really care for it, but I was like, you know what? Crowd's popping. Maybe I'm just not putting myself in the right mindset for 07, but I don't know. Three beers for me. And I feel like that was really generous. Uh, Where are you at on Kennedy versus Batista here? I mean, I've never liked Kennedy and Batista, like you said. He, even though he's a cool character, he's never been that great in ring. And this was a little bit better than I expected it to be, but it still wasn't anything to write home about. And again, this entire match, Kennedy worked on Batista's like leg or knee, and they sold it on commentary the whole time. And there's the third match where it's working on a single body part, and they just that's all they sell. Like 
Somebody was booking this body part working real heavy at this time. I mean, but it worked. Like, it, like Batista sold it great. Like, I mean, Batista sold his knee being messed up great. Like the Batista bomb where he barely did it and fell back. And like, I mean, all those things were executed perfectly. And same thing, like you said, I can't take Kennedy serious. It's just, he's never been a wrestler that I consider a credible threat to anybody. Honestly, always thought he was lame and his run will definitely come to a head at the end of this, at some point in this year. So we don't have to really cover him much anymore. Once that yeah, I happens, feel like people just didn't like him. Like, I'm, I mean, cause honestly, like his bell to bell work was not bad. No, it wasn't it's bad. Compared- it's just not interesting. If no, that I makes agree. any sense. Like he's agree, not interesting to me. I mean, by the time we get to, you know, we, I know we talk about how O2 is like really underrated. Um, O seven's not, I mean, it's, it's not. And, and, and there's a reason for that. I mean, it's not as, I think honestly, it might've been 07. It might've been, I mean, I, cause I feel like 06 has some pretty shining moments. I think like 07, 08, maybe like mid 07 to mid 08 is kind of like when it got the worst, like it really got pretty bad. Then, then we got like into 09 and then to t- 2010 and it just kind of stayed there. 2011 is some of the worst shit. 2011 kind of had was a decent year, but 2012 sucked. And then like 2013 on 13 up, is when it started getting good again. 13, yeah. 13 was when it started getting good again. And then it was like really good in like 15 and 16. And it's about between 17 and 18, it started kind of going back down again. And then we got AEW. And then, you know, now we're here. But that's a little brief history lesson on wrestling, by the way. Sorry, continue. But yeah, three beers for me too. It's just, it's, it's a pretty good match, but it wasn't like anything special, especially with the knee thing again. So we get, we got the jaw, the arm, now the knee. Then I'll let you go ahead and get into the next match. Next match on the card. Well, before we get to the next match though, we got like, Oh, the segment the, we got, a, we got a, Oh a very, yeah. The vampire hot topic segment. couple. Yeah. The vampire hot topic couple got their little segment. We got Hornswoggle, coach, Teddy long, Kali, Kelly, Kelly, and Ron Simmons all get a silly skit in. And I thought it was trash. Did you have anything to add to that? It was just cringe as fuck. Yeah, it was. It definitely would not. You could never put any of that on television today. Like, literally not any of it. It wasn't even um, funny. It wasn't even clever. And, yeah, it was and that's just the like thing. cheesy, like, yeah. cringy bullshit. Like, like, we talk about like 97 or 98 or 99 or 2002. And it's like, there's some risque stuff. But like, you could. It's still good. Like, you probably couldn't do it now. Doesn't mean it's not good. Like, it was good then. This is not good. It's like, like honestly, you could probably that. do this now, but it wouldn't even be that funny. It'd be like, oh, okay. I, I don't know. I don't know. With the balls and Ron Simmons, and I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. If, I don't know if that would have worked. Uh, but damn. damn, that's what I wrote. Damn, what a cringy segment. <laughs> we got a package for Umaga and Cena, which is very good. Um, Umaga was awesome, but I realized why he never like felt like he broke through, and it was because of that terrible manager that he had. Like Armando Estrada, dude, it's so bad. It's he's so bad. Like it sucks that Umaga wasn't more, and it's because of the manager. Like it, it, it really is. Like it was bad. Uh, the manager was awful. Uh, hey, but I was the match a here, three minute warning. Not gonna lie. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but he could see. That's what that kills me though. Is like, and there's there's promos after three minute warning became like an actual tag team, and he's he's the one cutting the promos, and he's pretty good. It's like, why, why you can still be Umaga and cut a promo. Like it's possible. Yeah. You can speak English and still be like beastly Samoan dude. If you want to be, you know, I don't know. The match here is, you know, Umaga versus John Cena, last man standing match. It's the ugliest 
title of all time. It's the spinner belt. Um, I don't know. The match itself was much better than I expected, to be honest with you. The Hell crowd yeah, was already the, the, the crowd was already tired of John Cena by 2007. The steel step spot off like out of the ring onto Umaga was badass for sure. Got a huge pop. Uh, it fit for the match too. Great spot. Um, it got really brutal for this era. It got like it got pretty heavy. Um, and Cena got some really good color. Um, it's not something you see every day with Cena, and I I really loved it. I thought this match is. You know, a main event in 92 and 02 and 2007 and 2022. I think that this match was perfectly worked. Um, not that it was a not that it was a Matt classic, not that it's a great bell to bell match, but it was perfectly worked in just the emotional psychology of a live uh, pro wrestling match in an arena specifically. I felt like it was just really well done. Um, yeah, it's, it's a banger, man. I was pleasantly surprised by it. I thought it was really good. Four and a half beers for me. Um, where are you at on this Umaga versus John Cena match? Dude, I was pleasantly surprised because in this era, I hated John Cena. Yeah. And, I mean, I wasn't – Umaga was awesome, but I wasn't like a huge Umaga fan. And I usually hate last man standing matches because I just – that stipulation just sucks to me. It's yeah. Just, no, it does. It sucks, yeah. Not Just not one of my favorites because it's just – they're always long and it's kind of hard to really get it going. But like you said, they fucking killed it in this match. And the body part that Umaga worked over the whole time was John Cena's gut. And yeah. they sold that on commentary. I was like, God yeah. damn, everybody's working a body part on this fucking pay-per-view. And Cena's selling here was amazing, like you said. And he get he was getting his ass whooped, and that was very uncommon for this era. He that, yeah. He was the dominant super Cena. He, he needed never this got match. To, he needed this because he was so big and so strong and so larger than life in a time where like you don't want that. And that's why honestly, that's the reason why Cena got shit on. Because he was too big. People didn't want to see that. He didn't want to see Hulk Hogan. You wanted to see a guy that looked more like you. You wanted to see a guy that looked more like AJ Styles or more like Shawn Michaels, even like that's the RVD or, you know, smaller guys. Like, I don't know. I, and, and honestly, like he was unorthodox, but I think he's kind of proven now that like he is very good bell to bell. Oh, like, he's like a very like good. Like I wrestler. said, I used to hate him, but like I appreciate John Cena now and I respect sure. him now. And I was back when I was 16 during when this came out, I was like, fucking you my piece of shit. You know, I hated him, but Jr. hundred percent said Cena blades on commentary. Uh, right after he went for like the AA thing. And then he like fell and dropped Umaga and hit his head on the stairs. Yeah. Right. When he gets up, cause I had my headphones in watching it and I heard him, he gets up and he goes, Cena blades. Uh, no, Cena's bleeding. Cena's bleeding. But go back and watch. As soon as he gets up, he goes, Cena blades. Oh no! I swear, I, and I, I rewinded it three times to listen to it. But Jr. 100% said Cena blades after the AA fall on the stairs. But uh, dude, that Samoan drop that he gave Cena—he like landed on his fucking face. It was yeah. brutal as fuck. One of the best ones I've ever seen. Yeah. Hard hitting, dude. The STFU with the rope choke, like ah, brilliant, great shit there. I went four beers. Probably my highest rated John Cena match besides uh, we I don't think we've covered him in versus AJ Styles before. If we have, I, I know I would rate that one high because that was good. But yeah, damn dude, great match, great match. And back then, I mean, honestly, if I would have watched this back then, even though I don't like Cena, it's a good match. It's undeniable. No, for sure, it's good stuff. It's good stuff. It's good stuff all the way around. Um, let's get into the actual meat and potatoes of the show here. It's Royal Rumble season, so let's get into it. Um. We got Sandman getting to pick a ball, um, and he crushes a beer and whacks himself with a stick, which is, you know, what Sandman does. Uh, Flair gets his number, not doesn't get his number. He just kind of goes in there and, you know, does his thing because he's already been relegated to uh, the beginning of the match or whatever. 
Um, yeah, then it becomes like a nightclub with all the divas. It was just really silly. I don't know. That whole segment was just so strange, right? Wet. <laughs> it was whack for sure. We got a package <laughs> for the actual Rumble match. Uh, Lillian, I thought, did a great job setting it up, actually. Um, and then we get the Royal Rumble itself. I mean, she was wearing some pretty, like, Fucking like a weird gear dress type thing. I don't know what the fuck. It had like yeah. some graffiti on it. And I was just like, that's not a traditional Lillian Garcia get up. Yeah. No, totally. I mean, the match starts off here with Flair and Finley kind of being the kickoff, which I think is a good idea. It's like if you need a few minutes to start a wrestling match with two guys, like that's that's pretty solid bell to bell. Like, you know what I mean? Like you're actually going to get a little bit of wrestling here before it becomes a battle royal. Um I thought it was good, man. I mean, um, we got, you know, Dykstra and then Hardy came out before Edge kind of got a massive pop. Um, Flair digging under the ring for a beer, but coming up with a chair was funny. Um, I don't know. Dreamer got a solid pop. This is before he was too oversaturated, I think. Um, Solid 20 minutes of nothing really consequential. Um, But Sabu, you know, takes a chokeslam through the table. Um I mean, I don't know. Overall, it was a decent, decent rumble, but nothing really stands out as extraordinary. Um, I, I mean, you know, the edge and Orton tension is obviously what they're trying to build. And then all the, you know, Taker, HBK kind of closing segments are golden. Um, I don't know. I thought it was really good. Good finish. A good rumble. No real big surprises. Um, but the bell to bell was better than a normal rumble. I think I thought the actual work rate, which is weird to say in a rumble match was pretty decent. Um, but yeah, I mean, no, no big surprises and not a whole lot of story. I gave it three and a half, three and three quarters. Um, really, really good. Um, not sure if it was great though. What do you think about the 2007 Royal rumble X? I think it was pretty good. I think it was an above average Royal rumble. Yeah, and they kept hammering like it's the most star-studded Royal Rumble ever. And if you think about it, think about how many world champions were in this match. Yeah, no, it's crazy. It is crazy. I mean, honestly, only the only thing in the match that sucked was the Great Khali. Yeah, his headbutts, and he was just yeah. green as fuck. And at one yeah, point, yeah, but I mean, also too, Mike- just yeah. <laughs> no, at one point he's doing all his headbutts and knocking everybody down. You can see Shawn Michaels on the mat directing him, like pointing like that way, yeah. that way. And then he looked yeah. at the camera and did a pose, and I was like. God damn it. Yeah. They just had to get him in there. But besides that, honestly, everything was pretty awesome. You had fucking Kevin Thorne in the match. Fucking and then JBL was great on commentary this entire thing. He was like yelling at Michael Cole saying, shut up, you stupid son of a bitch. And it was really funny. And him and King were like both teaming up against Michael Cole, which is really funny. And yeah. he said that he goes, see him punk. So he doesn't drink or have any drugs. Pretty boring guy, I guess. Has no social life, but he's a good wrestler. Yeah, I mean, Next it was stuff. It was, it was, the commentary was good for sure. The, I mean, again, the match wasn't, it was better than, it was better than average for sure. But I mean, it's Dude, still I a Rumble. This era was even in the company at this point. Cause it was right before he became a uh, big daddy V. Yeah. He was big oh, yeah, daddy yeah, yeah. V on yeah, yeah. ECW. So this was like that weird transition thing where he was the world's largest love machine, which it's just basically, Oh, we're going to do a sexual chocolate gimmick 2.0. Another big guy who's trying to get sexy. Like, yeah, it's, yeah, it was just, stupid. it was not good. Yeah, it wasn't good. They always do that. We're going to get the, the big fat guy to be the sexual predator pervert, basically. They've done it a few times. Dude, but The Undertaker doing an old school in a Royal Rumble match is dumb as fuck. Yeah. That's the opposite of what you want to do. And that chair shot to the head, 
from Randy Orton on Undertaker yeah. was fucking brutal, and Chris yeah. Benoit was right there. That's yeah. all I was thinking about. <laughs> I was like, dude, CTE times 10. Oh, my Imagine, goodness. I bet the Undertaker's got to have. Oh, he's got going. to. He, Dude, he has to. He's like, taking some no of the way. hardest chair shots I've ever seen. Bro, dude, him and Foley have to. Like, There's no way. Where was way. Undertaker January 6th? Uh, my goodness. <laughs> my always good goodness. to toss that funniness out there. But, yeah, overall, Royal Rumble 07, clearly the better pay-per-view. Oh yeah. See, like, that's the thing. It's like, it really is. It's, I mean, listen, uh, you know, the world on GCW, um, I don't know. It, it was fun. I had a it good was time. Fun. It was fun. It was fun. I was very excited about it. The movements there. And I don't, I hope that this didn't drastically damage it. Um, hopefully this is just a little hiccup in the road. I think that's all <laughs> it's going to be. Twitter has been harsh on it. Twitter has been harsh on it. Oh, it's been well because Twitter's if you, Twitter is like Philadelphia sports fans. There's no margin for error. Right. They're gonna be fucking brutal and ruthless. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, I I don't know, man. I just felt like I felt like they were on such a good trajectory, and I think that the I think that the show on pay. I think again, it was like booked well. It just didn't wasn't performed well i don't know how else to say that it it just wasn't there was some stuff that was great there was some stuff that was decent and there was some stuff that was really bad just um, a bit outside yeah just a bit outside yeah yeah just a bit outside uh, but you know what it's just a hiccup i think i have high hopes for gcw i love gcw i want to keep showing gcw love on the show for sure uh but to me kayfabe comparison definitely goes to wwe's royal rumble 2007 Ah uh, man, uh, we've got like a we got a bonus show. It's not actually a bonus show, but like um, the Baker's dozen that was going to happen last week. We had some technical difficulties with the recordings. Um, it's going to happen um, this Sunday on Rumble Sunday, so you're going to get a bonus show um, at noon this Sunday, and uh, it's going to have our predictions and it's going to have um, the Baker's dozen with um, his featured guest Akira, um, and Wex has some experience with Akira, yeah and yeah uh, i met Akira, worked with him at the crux doubleheader show that they did and me and jesse actually got to call his match against simon gotch former oh, yeah, WWE yeah. wrestler and Akira's known for doing deathmatch stuff but dude he really put they put on a like fucking matt classic some real some real good work there opposite of what he's known for but that just goes to show how well-rounded he is and how just because you have what you know about a wrestler what you read may not be the truth you might do a little bit more research watch more of their matches don't take what you see on the surface and you're going to enjoy this perfect interview from jesse baker interviewing akira yeah 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 it's gonna be a good time i'm really excited about it uh next week is uh it's the royal rumble man like it's like I mean, you know, you can say what you want about WWE, but like every year to me, the Rumble is the best pay-per-view. I mean, it's that that to me is the show that I want to see every year. Um, sometimes even WrestleMania, I'm like, eh. I mean, I'm I watch it. It's WrestleMania, but like the Rumble to me is always the best one. I'm excited for it, and then of course, you know, Rumble from '02, which you know '02 we've been just singing their praises. I'm excited about that as well. I feel like it's going to be a really awesome show. Jesse's going to be on the call with us. It's going to be uh, my holy trinity uh, on the call on that show. So I'm, I'm pumped about that one. How you feeling, Wex? Oh, you know, I'm always hyped for the nostalgia, the new one, the wrestling. Dude, Royal Rumble's good shit. 
O2 was star-studded like we've been talking about. I'm really interested just what's going to happen on the current WWE because, you know, I don't really watch Raw or SmackDown weekly. I you know, like, like you, I kind of read what's going on as I can, but, you know, hoping for a surprise. They've been revealing too much of the Rumble want some surprises. That's what I'm excited for. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. It sounds good. Uh, two weeks from now, we have WWF's In Your House 13 Final Four from 1997. I am super hype about covering this show. Uh, this year is my favorite year in wrestling. We've covered some of these shows in different seasons, but I had different people on the shows. Um, I love 97, so I'm definitely going to be revisiting this one again. Uh, and that was going to be up against another GCW show. It's uh, If I Die First. So we're definitely going to give GCW another crack at it. It's not like we're abandoning ship. I have a lot of faith in GCW again. Um, show is just, you know, a bit outside. Um, but I hope they rebound on this next one. And I think we have AJ Gray versus Allie Catch is like a sign confirmed match for this pay-per-view, which is going to be crazy. Wow, that's going to be a good one. Yeah, yeah, I'm really pumped about it. I think it's going to be pretty cool. Um, so yeah, man, I'm I'm excited what we got going on. We got a bonus show dropping in like two days, and we got like, you know, everything coming up with the Royal Rumble season and then another GCW show. The the the, the, the future is bright, my friend. The future is bright. Hell yeah. <laughs> you can always find the show at kfabecom, uh, except for TikTok. It's at kfabecom pod. You can always find me at Daniel Daybreak on all of the socials. Uh, be sure to follow us on YouTube as well. Hit that subscribe button and the bell so you get a notification every time we upload a video. Um, Wax, man, where can folks find you? Give them the script, baby. Send us home. You know you can always find your boy Wex at Wex Breaking the Loss and on all of your social medias except for, you know, Facebook because, like I said, I like to stay low-key, trying to stay underground on that one. But uh, holler at us on social media, engage, tweet, back and forth with me, KK Comparisons, Twitter, the Wex Breaking the Loss on Twitter, Daniel on Twitter. I don't know his exact Twitter handle, but Daniel will be on Twitter. And then YouTube, check out YouTube, hit that button, subscribe, like, share, tell all your buddies. This is K-Fabe Comparisons, baby. Best damn podcast of wrestling in Tennessee. Yeah, man. It's a good time. Uh, it's going to do it for us this week, though. We'll see you guys next week. We're out. Peace. Peace.